Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast brought to you by Vanguard Tactics. It's our mission to help you play, progress, and perform at this incredible game of Warhammer 40K, keeping sportsmanship and fair play at its absolute core. I'm your host, Dave Colmill, a private in the mobile infantry who would very much like to know more. Fortunately, we have with us today a history teacher turned grizzled veteran of the wars against the bugs, a coach and faction specialist for Vanguard Tactics, and my friend. He's the Lieutenant Gene Rajak to my Johnny Rico, Mr. Michael Costello. Mike, how's it going? Uh, great, thank you. I mean, what a timeless reference. I do wonder Absolutely. if in like 20 years we're still going to be referencing that movie. Um, yeah, I was I was looking at other movies because I, I hate constantly going back to the well for the same thing. But you know, yeah, uh, it was like a, I got to do this. You and I just did this a couple months ago, so I feel like it's more of a you know of a callback than than you know beating a dead horse. But we'll let yeah. the uh, listeners yeah. decide if I'm if I'm becoming tired with my openings and I need to be more creative. <laughs> so, well, I only uh, watched it. I watched the film recently. Yeah, I'm sure we'll hear about it in the reviews and such. So, yeah. Anyway, obviously, guys, we are here to talk about Codex Tyranids. So, um, we are going to get right into that. We got a, uh, a bunch of new detachments to talk about, a few new units. We're not going to do the entire Codex because literally two months ago, Mike and I just did all the index and talked about most of the data sheets there. So, we are now just going to focus on the new stuff, the new and shiny. Uh, and before we get into all that, we're going to stop real quick for our first sponsor of the day, The Outpost. The Competitive 40k Podcast is proudly supported by The Outpost, your friendly local gaming store with the most helpful and friendliest of staff. After visiting The Outpost, I was taken aback by the whole host of products available in-store and online. With awesome discounts, gaming tables and a huge range of terrain for different game systems, The Outpost is certainly a great place to hang out and hobby. Check out www.the-outpost.co.uk or go and visit them in-store. And we are back. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave us a five-star review if you would be so kind. Uh, And with that, um, let's talk about some new detachments, Mike. We got, there's there's the Invasion Fleet, the existing one from the Index, and then we've got five new ones, correct? Yeah, that's right. The Invasion... Did I do my math right? Yeah, you did, yeah. Yeah, so we saw six detachments total. Um, The Invasion Fleet has quite literally not changed. Uh, So... Basically, everything is the same. Uh, it be interesting to see if that carries over for future codexes or whether they sort of make tweaks to detachments. We've got five brand new detachments. Uh, and I have to say, having analyzed those, they look awesome. There's a lot of variety in there. Um, I do have a favorite, which might surprise some people. Um, but we've got some really, really cool themed ones. We've got uh, obviously a swarm horde based one, a monster mash focused one a synapse slash elite focused one, a um, feeding or harvesting focused one, and a stealthy uh, vanguard onslaught focused one. Yeah, the sneaky, sneaky one, is, uh, as my wife is now referring to it as. Um, so, uh, oh, and just so everybody knows, yes, the army rule, uh, shadow in the warp and synapse has also not changed, not a word. So if you already know that, if you don't remember, go back and listen to our um, index review. If you're familiar with it, you already know it. Nothing to change here. So um, we'll just go through the book in order. The first detachment that uh, comes along after Invasion Fleet is, and this is this name is just going to cause people. There's, I can just imagine it. Everybody, if you're worried, please, if you're easily triggered, pull over, turn off your car, don't crash. It's called Crusher Stampede, but uh. it's not that Crusher. Uh, yes, horrible. Ninth edition PTSD is going to kick in, but it's okay. It's it's. Relax, breathe. It is not that Crusher Stampede. 
They just reused the name. So, Mike, what's the detachment rule for for this Crusher Stampede? Okay, so these guys have enraged behemoths. All right, so each time a Tyranid's monster model from your army makes an attack, add one to the hit roll if that model's unit's below starting strength, and add one to the wound roll as well if that model's unit's below half strength. Okay, so okay. actually, a lot of the time, you're going to have plus one to hit on your monsters. Yes. That's handy. Uh, and it's going to mitigate the bracket. So when they're on really low wounds, it's going to mitigate that minus one to, to hit. Uh, and they're going to get plus one to wound as well. I mean, I think this is a much better rule than people tend to give it credit for. Uh, in every other place that it crops up. Sisters, of course, have got a very similar rule. I don't know how you found playing against sisters, but it actually comes up quite a lot, that rule, doesn't it? It does, yeah. The, the, with sisters, it's, it's an issue of, all right, I've taken you below half strength, but now you've only got three or four guns left, or I just picked up the entire squad. I think this is going to be a little different because now we're ta- you're talking about shooting into a bunch of Tyranid monsters, which largely are somewhere between Toughness 9 and Toughness 11. So, and yeah, we'll talk about the new Norn models and all that in a minute and how this might, the, the two might synergize well. But the, yeah, I think, I think it is going to be a much better rule for Tyranid monsters than it is for sisters. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like the best things it worked on for sisters was their vehicles. And now essentially we've got an entire army of um, monsters. So yeah, good right. rule, I think. Good rule. Yeah. And then, uh, so the, Detachment, every detachment in this book has, just like the, the ones we're already familiar with, uh, four enhancements, stri- six strats. So we're not going to go through all that because, again, that would be a lot of reading of a lot of stuff, uh, which I don't, I'm not expecting everybody to have, you know, Mike and I's dulcet tones t- uh, singing you to sleep here. So um, we'll just hit a couple of high points. Are there any enhancements here that jump out at you, Mike? Uh, yes, so there's one here um, where if the bear is destroyed by a melee attack, if they've not fought this phase, you're on a D6 and on a 3 plus, they can fight before they're removed. Um, that, I think, is like probably the best one there. Um, stands currently at 20 points. Um, enraged Reserves is what it's called. Uh, this is great because um, when your monster's fighting on, on death, it's obviously not got many wounds left. So you still get your plus one to hit and your plus one to wound from the detachment. Yeah, stick, stick this obviously on a character, so your hive tyrant, etc. That means that you're always going to kind of get what you want out of it. Um, and you could equally send in a missile hive tyrant, a flyrant, um, and then if that dies in combat, it'll get to fight before it leaves the board. All right. Uh, and then the I I like the monstrous nemesis tyranid monster model only. Each time this bear uh, makes a melee attack that targets a monster or vehicle unit, add one to the wound roll. It's nice, it's simple, yes. it's easy, and it murders things. Absolutely. I think there's one point, point to really, really mention here um, before it comes up. The Norn Emissary and the Norn Assimilator are not characters. They cannot have oh, yeah. enhancements. Good to notice. I know yeah. a lot of people have kind of like, oh, this would be broken on the, the Norns. The Norns are not characters. Yeah, good. Good. Uh, it's good to mention that up ahead. So while we're, our listeners are not sitting there going, oh, I can do this and I can do that. and No. No, not on, not on them. They're, they're more along the lines of, you know, really large dreadnoughts that yeah. are not characters. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So moving on, um, what about strats? There's, again, six strats. Every single one of these in this detachment, they're all one CP strats. Mm. Um, there like are, that. yep, there's three of them that are battle tactic stratagems. So that's good to notice for 
the new data slate rules that we just talked about. Um, yeah, very Steve good. and I just recorded that episode yesterday. So, uh, you know, just to keep in mind, I'll, I'll try to mention that for those people that are paying attention with that are either playing with units that give, you know, space marine captains and such that are going to benefit that, or they're going to use the, there's somebody who wants to use the uh, swarm Lord who also still has his ability to affect stratagems. Mm-hmm. So, but any of these strats jump out at you, Mike, is something that's you're going to use, you know, more than twice in a game. Potentially, yes. Uh, so there's one here where um, it's called corrosive viscera, but it, when your model dies, you don't roll for deadly demise. You just it you roll a six, it counts as a six basically, and you just do the damage from the, the mortal wounds. Um, that sounds you hear in the background is Steve screaming yes. because it's an auto explode. Yep. Uh, this is actually fantastic because if you lose a monster in the middle of your lines, you can blow them up. Great if there's enemies in range. Doesn't really matter if there aren't because you can do a bunch of mortal wounds to your own guys and then they're below starting strength. Plus one to hit. Great. So cheeky tactic to trigger your own detachment rule because what you might find is people to play around your army will try and take down one beast at a time. Um, but if you trigger this, especially on something that only does one mortal wound with Deadly Demise, pretty fantastic to, to get yourself plus one to hit on everybody. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah. And uh, what, uh, any others? Uh, yep, so we've got um, Swarm Guided Salvos, which gives, uh, it is a battle tactic, so you could use it for free with the Hive Tyrant on a unit within 12. Uh, it gives you Ignore's Cover, and you can ignore any or all modifiers to your Ballistic Skill or Hit Rolls. Uh, very good. There's quite a few shooting monsters in the book. Uh, this works very, very well on them. And then I think one final stratagem uh, is Massive Impact. Uh, so this is essentially Tank Shock, um, but for a monster, you just roll six dice, um, and for each four plus, that enemy unit suffers one mortal wound. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I can see that definitely playing into uh, the use of a Carnifex Brood at some point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, all right, cool. Now, next detachment we have is the Unending Swarm, which uh, seems to have played into your playstyle when you were doing Hydra last edition. Mm. So, I'm guessing you have some you have some thoughts on this one. Yes, I actually think this is a sleeper detachment, or it might not be a sleeper, depending on whether you know me or not. But uh, <laughs> this this detachment is is very strong. So. What we've got is each time a unit uh, shoots, after they've shot, if one or more models from an endless multitude unit um, were destroyed, then each of your endless multitude units can move D6s, called a surge move. Uh, and They have to move as close as possible to the closest enemy unit, except aircraft, and they can be moved within engagement range of enemy models. Can't do it if they're battle-shocked. So in short, you shoot a horde unit, if you kill any models, they move D6 inches towards you, and they can end up in combat with you. So really good, particularly for Hormagant blobs, mm-hmm. but also not bad for Termagants and Gargoyles if you're looking to just get in and swamp people and just start literally just carpeting the floor with, you know, the midboard with little gribblies. Exactly, and it's not limited to once per phase, so you can keep moving if people keep shooting you. Um, it's pretty strong. It's a real brain melter, this detachment uh, during the game, because there's a lot that can happen um, with all of these different movements. Yeah. 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 Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. 
And I can definitely see some options where you're running a Turvagon behind uh, a couple of these swarms and they start lurching themselves forward. And then the Turvagon puts a couple models back after they've died, yeah. re- replussing those. And or you got some Venom Thrubs floating along behind them out of line of sight, but providing their benefits of cover and stealth rules to these guys to, so that they're not taking as many casualties. So I can definitely see people, certain, especially certain lists that are built to take out knights or built to take out Eldari or something, and then yeah. they're not going to have enough guns. If a, a, an unending swarm list built to really lean into it, you, nobody's going to have enough guns to take all those out. No, and exactly. as you'll see, there's actually, you know, you thought, well, that's okay. I've got blast weapons. Ah, but do you? <laughs> so, yeah. um, but that's, that's in the strats. Before we get there, um, any enhancements you want to call out? Uh, unfortunately, a lot of these are buffs to the bearer's unit. Uh, only the Tyranid Prime, which can lead Gargoyles, or the Neurotyrant, which can lead Neurogaunts, uh, can really make much use out of these. There's not a huge amount of leaders um, that this can work very well on. So the best one's probably plus two move. And actually, you're probably sticking that on something like a Turbigon just to keep up with the rest of the army. Um, there's one to give three units cover for the first battle round. Just take Venomthropes. You're going to take them anyway. Uh, and unfortunately, the rest are a little bit lackluster. Okay. Just based on the fact you can't lead Hormigants or Termigants with anything. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but then we get the stratagems. Uh, there is one 2CP strat, and it is called Unending Waves. Uh, it's not a battle tactic stratagem. Use it any phase. One endless multitude. You target one endless multitude from your, your army that was just destroyed. You get to add a new unit identical to that unit, minus any characters, of course, but as we just established, you can't really put most characters into an endless multitude unit. And you get to put one the, an identical copy of that unit right back into Strategic Reserve. Yeah, I like to call this one, they're coming out of the walls. Um, <laughs> I love it. So this is super useful on something like a unit of Gargoyles, because if you're in Strategic Reserves uh, and you have the Deep Strike, uh, ability, then you can use Deep Strike when you're arriving um, from Strategic Reserve. So if you throw out a unit of 10 Gargoyles to do maybe a mission card and they get killed, you can spend 2 CP Now you have a brand new unit of um, Gargoyles and they can Deep Strike in. Um, so super useful in units like that. Obviously, 20 models, bringing that back on the board from Strategic Reserves, I mean, it's, it's going to be useful. It's very powerful stratagem and I'd want to be saving CP to, to use this as much as possible. Okay, so maybe this is also a list where you're going to want to bring the Swarm Lord along to make sure you've got those extra CP. It's in the name. Yep, yep. you certainly do. Yep, it is in the name. Uh, any other strats we want to mention? Yeah, so I've got one really, really cool combo, which I think is worth talking about uh, with a couple of different units. Um, uh, obviously, you have mentioned, we'd be remiss not to talk about it, um, the preservation imperative. So for one CP in your opponent's shooting phase, after an enemy unit has targeted one of your units until the end of your phase your until the end of that phase your unit is treated as less than five models for blast okay this yeah. is a bit of a gotcha one so watch out for this if you are about to fire a blast weapon because it's going to change your uh probabilities of wiping the unit for example if you've got a squad of desolation marines five of them now uh, and you shoot 20 termagants uh, you would expect to get 20 extra shots, right? Because there's 20 of them, you get an extra shot per five per each of your models. Right. Now, you're not getting those 20 shots. Your average for killing them is 
pretty low. Uh, and of yeah. course, they're going to move towards you. So, um, very good defensive stratagem. Love to see it in there. And this is, and like you said, it is uh, this is absolutely a kind of a gotcha strat. So, this is definitely something if you're playing Tyranids, you should disclose this before the game starts, especially mm-hmm. if you're playing into Guard or you're playing into the Desolation Marines or somebody, and somebody's like, oh, no problem. Hey, just so you know, I have this ability, I have this strat, and it's only one CP. And I'm probably going to use it, you know, for at least every, the first four shooting phases. So on my 20-man blob of Hormigons or my 20-man blob of Termigans, don't expect to eradicate it quite so quickly. No, exactly, exactly. A um, couple of other stratagems. Uh, there is an auto-advance six, which is also a battle tactic. That's really, really nice. You definitely consider a hive tyrant in, in this detachment. And then we've also got a... Uh, a stratagem called Synaptic Goading, where um, when they make a surge move, you can actually reroll the D6, the surge move, and your unit can end as close as possible to the closest objective marker instead of as close as possible to the closest enemy unit. But all other rules for making surge moves still apply. Um, so this lets you basically move in a direction potentially that you just want to with your surge move, which could be into an enemy unit that's not the closest. Um, but this is very powerful for potentially getting out of line of sight or setting yourself up for good primary in the next turn um, or getting within range of a Turvigon so she can bring back models to your unit. Lots of uses for this one and another potential gotcha one uh, to just watch out for. Are you ready for the stack, Dave? Yeah, go for it. Sean is going to be happy about this one. You not so much, I feel, having to yeah. play her. But uh, yeah. it involves the Turvigon and 20 Termigants. Uh, this one, so the Turbigon has a six-inch aura of lethal hits. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm already good. fearing that one. And for those who don't know, yes, my wife's putting together a Tyranid list. She's finally stepping away from Sisters for a little bit. We're looking at, she's looking at taking Nids to to uh, LVO. So give it to me. Okay. One command point. You choose your Endless Multitude unit. This is the Termigants. I'd recommend Spine Fists are pretty handy on Termigants because uh, it means they're pistol. They can shoot in combat as well. Uh, so. Weapons equipped by one was in a unit gain sustained hits one. So they're lethal and sustained. Ow. If the unit contains 15 or more models, you get critical hits on fives. Ow. Okay. That's, that's a lot of shots. That's 40 shots from the two-shot weapons. There is a three-shot version in there, so you could fire 60 shots. Um, and all of the fives are lethal, so automatically wounding, and causing an additional hit as well, which you would then roll to wound with. Oof. Ow. That's, that's I don't like scary. that suddenly. That, that is, is scary. scary. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. <clears throat> and I just helped her build a, another 20 term against my life choices. <laughs> All right, before I start having, um, you know, tr- traumatic brain thoughts um, before I've even faced it yet, we'll move on to the next detachment, which is, and this is the one I think I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, the Assimilation Swarm. I feel like this one requires some big brain plays, but if you put the time and effort of the reps into it, this is going to be a, a sleeper one. This one can be real nasty, I think. I agree. This is actually my favorite detachment from the Nidbook. Okay. I think it's super fun, super thematic, and also can be, as you say, um, pretty powerful as well. So here's the detachment rule. Feed the Swarm. In your command phase, each harvester unit from your army that is within range of an objective marker you control 
can regenerate one friendly Tyranid's unit that is within six inches of it. A unit can only be regenerated once per phase. Each time a unit regenerates, do one of the following. One model in that unit regains up to D3 lost wounds. One destroyed infantry model is returned to the unit with its full wounds remaining, excluding characters. If that unit is an endless multitude unit, up to three destroyed models are returned instead. Right. So if you so basically every every if you're on an objective every well every harvester unit every unit with the harvester keyword that is on an objective becomes an apothecary. Yes. Nice. Simple. Uh, sort of. Now, what units have the harvester keyword? Okay. It's the psychophage, mm-hmm. the hair specs, mm-hmm. the uh the little gribbly um the ripper swarms. Ripper swarms, yeah. And the pyro. And there's one other name. That's it, the Pyrovore. I knew yeah. there was one I was forgetting. So yeah. you of those four units, and what else do you what what unit could you want better than to park on an objective to guard it against oncoming units than a squad of pyrovores that will yeah. just flame and overwatch the bejesus out of somebody who tries to take it off you? So you're thinking about picking a mid-board objective, camp a, a two or three pyrovore model unit on it and then now they're holding the objective they're going to overwatch anything that comes near them and they're just going to be regenerating everybody around them yep pretty cool the fact that ripper yeah. swarms can do this too is bonkers. it's comedy yeah you can't, they're so easy to hide right um and they serve other purposes as well however what i will say is i think this is a detachment that really favors elite infantry the tyranid elite infantry there isn't really a detachment in here that favors them like in that, that way, but for this one, being able to bring back a tyrant guard that has four wounds, I mean, they're not fantastic in this book anyway, but in this detachment, you might actually take them. Hive guard, being able to bring back a whole hive guard, bring back a whole Tyranid warrior, Ravener, you name it. Yeah. Uh, super powerful. Um, and there are some other ways to make this even nastier. Uh, but I, this is my favorite one. I think it's the coolest. You know, you could even run hordes with this. You could run some monsters in there. This is a, yeah, love this detachment. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's definitely got some, um, it has the, I don't want to say generalized play because you have to build around the harvester units. Mm-hmm. But, and I still think the Harvest is one of the coolest models in the entire 40K range. It just looks, awesome as it's charging forward at you and towards mm-hmm. you and eating everything so i i think it's i don't think it's the one everybody's going to immediately gravitate towards but i think it's a cool one and if you get to play it or play against it you should have a good game yeah agreed so uh enhancements which which ones jump out at you if any okay there's a few good ones here actually so the the first one's regenerating monstrosity 20 points uh tyranids model only excluding monsters the bearer's unit can be regenerated up to twice per phase instead of once. Okay. Okay. Warrior unit, bring back two warriors a turn. Money. Sure. Yeah. Um, you're taking that every time on a prime. Then we've got instinctive defense um, on any Tyranid model. While the bearer is within six inches of one or more friendly harvesters, you, target, you can target the bearer's unit with heroic intervention for zero CP. In addition, while the bearers within six inches of one or more friendly harvester units, models in the bearers unit have the fight first ability. Nice. And that's only a 15-point enhancement. You are not taking that objective, uh, especially not in combat. No. Because no. um, you could put this on a hive tyrant with tyrant guard, potentially. 
um, that's yeah. Written. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. A hive tyrant with three or six tyrant guards sitting on an objective and somebody mm. at Harvester just towing in on that objective behind them to constantly regenerate back all of the dead tyrant guard and they have fights first and they're heroically yep. intervening whenever they want. Yep. Yeah, that's almost as bad as Deathwing Terminators camping on an objective. That's bad. Yeah, yeah it's pretty okay. tough. Um, right. The other two are good too, but we're not going to go into too much detail. One is essentially lets you in- increase your harvester range, uh, and the other one gives you a buff if you kill something in combat near a harvester. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, strats, we're looking at uh, the one 2CP strat that's here is a blade of carapace. Uh, use it in your opponent's shooting phase or anybody's fight phase just after an enemy unit has selected its targets. Target one harvester unit from your army that was selected as the target of one or more attacking units' attacks. Till the end of the phase, models in that unit have feel no pain 5 plus. If your unit's within range of an objective marker, it becomes feel no pain 4 plus. So, oh boy, that Harrispex sure got hard to kill. <laughs> yeah, that Harrispex is really hard to kill now, or that squad of three pyrovores camping on the midboard. That got really hard to kill now. Nine Ripper Swarms. <laughs> That's... I can't imagine spending TCP on nine on Ripper Swarms ever, but... It, I, I'm going to have to do in it. In this particular situation, it might... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's almost a meme, but it's it also would be entirely valid if you're trying to hold an objective. Yeah. So that's kind of comedy. Um, All right. Yeah. I mean, it's just a fantastic stratagem. Uh, yeah. I'm glad it's 2CP because... Uh, is very strong. Yeah, that would. Yeah, that's very strong. All right. Uh, what about the rest? Any others jump out at you? Um, we've got a sticky objectives one. So one that can make something within range of a harvester sticky. Um, we've got. So this one's hilarious. Um, Broodguard impulse. Any phase when a harvester's destroyed, um, you can use this stratagem on that unit, even though it's just destroyed. Till the end of the battle, each time any friendly Tyranid model makes an attack that targets the unit that killed the harvester unit. You get plus one to wound against them. Oh, you shot your knight at my single Ripper Swarm base. One CP, I get plus one to wound <laughs> against you for the rest of the battle. Um, Vengeance shall be the hives. Yep, exactly. That, I mean, this is uh, obviously fantastic on Ripper Swarms. It's just great all round, to be honest. Plus one to wound is quite hard to come by um, in 10th. And with all the toughness changes, it's, it's really handy. I'm, yeah. I mean, I love all of these stratagems. There's one here where... Um, when a Tyranid's model is destroyed, before it's removed from play, you can target a Harvester that's within six inches of the destroyed unit, and they get to regenerate someone else within six. Um, so they're just recycling the biomass. Uh, and then we've right. got, uh, if you kill something, you can regenerate immediately in the fight phase. And one where we can get our Harrispecs, lethal hits on fives, which I tell you is incredibly scary. That yeah. thing has like 14... Uh, AP one damage, two attacks, uh, and then a bunch more at D six plus one damage. Nice. All right. Uh, and yeah, the only battle tactic here is the rapacious hunger, the one that you immediately regenerate if you destroyed an enemy unit uh, in melee. And that one is a battle tactic stratagem. So that one you could reuse on, say, the swarm lord, yeah. bow free. So just an FYI on that one, because that could be a gotcha if somebody just keeps popping that off. Yeah. So. All right. Now. That is the end of the Assimilation Swarm. That's the highlight reel on that one. Now we're going to move on to the one that is my personal favorite. I, I think there's so much 
mission play and so many like sort of janky shenanigans you can pull with this that will be a lot of fun to play. Um, he says, having not played into it yet, which will probably give me headache later, but <laughs> the Vanguard Onslaught. This is what, as Sean refers to as the sneaky, sneaky detachment, because this is all about your lictors, your new neurolictors, Death Leaper. Um, in fact, in this one, part of the detachment rule is you can use Death Leaper as your warlord. Nice. So that should, that should tell you all you need to know right there. So uh, the rest of the, det- of the detachment rule is called Questing Tendrils. Uh, Tyranid units with this ability are eligible to charge in a turn in which they fell back. If they have the Vanguard Invader keyword, then they're also eligible to charge in a turn in which they advanced. So yes, all your Lictors, your Neuro Lictors, they all just got advanced and charge. Okay, on top of that, anything with wings is a Vanguard Invader. That can advance and charge. Yes, that means Winged Hive Tyrant. Yep, and if you attach a Warrior Prime to a Warrior unit of any kind, they also have the Vanguard uh, Invader keyword does carry across as per the rules commentary uh so your warrior unit whilst it's led by that prime would also get advanced in charge so so yeah stick a warrior prime in with some gargoyles get advanced in charge have a nice day um so yeah it's there's a lot and then the enhancements um i'll let you give the highlights on this one there's one auto take which is the neuronode for 30 points um and this is a redeploy but it specifically says after both players have deployed their armies and determined who has the first turn, you can select up to three Vanguard Invader units from your army and redeploy all of them. And you can put them in strategic reserves as well. That's fantastic. Um, your sneaky oh, yeah. guys can set up somewhere else on the, on the, in the no man's land, um, you know, redeploying potentially six Honda Iron Leapers um, or uh, your prime that is attached to warriors with ranged bioweapons potentially being able to redeploy them as well. Or uh, we wing tyrants. Really or set up a set up a big mass of gargoyles right on your opponent's front doorstep, and really mess with their de- deployment plans. Yeah. And then, oh, I'm just going to pull them back. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, so, in terms of the other ones, uh, you've got one which forces enemy reserve units to take a battle shock on two pluses. Uh, which is just funny to me. Every time you come in from reserves, you got to take a battle shock test. Pretty annoying, to be honest. Yeah. Probably quite. Uh, yeah. Bit of a yeah. problem. And then you can have cover and stealth on your units, probably when you stick on a prime that's leading warriors. Uh, okay. And then there's one where you get plus one to hit and wound against a specific enemy unit that you pick at the start of the battle. Cool. They're actually not yeah. bad, these ones, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thematically, I love the, the stalker one, the plus one. You, you designate a target in your enemy's list at the start of the game and say, I'll, you know, this character, this lictor that I've got now it gets plus one to hit and plus one wound against you for the rest of the game. Have a nice day. So, or probably more appropriately, this winged hive tyrant gets plus one to hit and plus one to wound against yeah. this enemy unit <laughs> that I'm going to go murder now. So, uh, all right. So strats, um, there's only one two CP strat. It is called hypersensory cilia. You're, you play it in your opponent's movement phase just after an enemy unit ends a normal advance or fallback move. Up to two Vanguard Invader units from your army that are within nine inches of that enemy unit that just moved, or one other Tyranid's infantry unit from your army that is within nine inches of that enemy unit that just moved, uh, they can now make a normal move up to six inches. And cool. the only restriction is you can't use it on any units that are already in engagement range or something else. So 
Yeah. Yo, you think you're running away? No, get back here. <laughs> <laughs> it is a little expensive, this one, I think. Um, yeah, I, I don't imagine using this more than maybe once a game, but... Yeah, yeah, strong. Um, and the other, let's see, there's no... There's one, oh, there's two battle tactic stratagems. Uh, surprise Assault, play it in your shooting phase or the fight phase. Um, you use it on an Vanguard Invader unit that has been selected to shoot or fight. That um, the enemy unit that they're trying to shoot or fight against must take a Battleshock test. And until the end of the phase, each time a model in that unit in your unit makes an attack that targets that enemy unit, add one to the hit roll. And if that Battleshock test was failed, add one to the wound roll. Important to note, it has they have to have failed that Battleshock test, not maybe be Battleshocked from something else, mm. Shadow of the Warp or whatever earlier in the game. So yeah. they have to fail that Battleshock test the way it's worded. So, but still, it's again. It's a little niche because you're you're playing it and hoping that they fail the Battleshock test. Yeah, so. you get the plus one to hit anyway, though. Like even if they pass. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, okay. I so misread you, that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you get that at least. Yeah. I think the other battle tactic, though. Oof. <laughs> the Assassin Beasts. Yeah. Read it. Go for it. Um, fight phase. One Vanguard Invader infantry unit from your army that's not fought yet. To the end of the phase, melee weapons equipped by models in your unit have precision ability. So when you've got successful wounds, you can allocate them to enemy leaders that are visible. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Your hive type, oh, it's, it's infantry only, but you could have your prime and six warriors with melee bioweapons, perhaps. Now they've yeah. all got precision. Or if you really want to be hilarious, 20 gargoyles get precision. Mm. They're only like going to bleed through like one or two wounds on somebody, <laughs> but it'll still be funny. Yeah. Maybe not the most, maybe not the wisest expenditure of uh, of, of uh, CP, but you know, it's it's an option. It's there. If they've got one wound left, you never know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you've got a character who's only got one wound left. You know, they took some mortals earlier or something. Who knows? Uh, yeah. So, um, any of the other three worth to mention? Absolutely. So, um, there's two here that are extremely powerful. One of them is unseen lurkers for one CP. In your opponent's shooting phase just after they selected an enemy unit as a target, you can choose a Vanguard Invader unit from your army. Um, for the end of the phase, your unit can only be selected as the target The range of the range attack if the attacking model is within 12 inches. You essentially gain lone operative, but if you already have lone operative, then you can't be targeted uh, unless your opponent's within 6 inches. So that yeah. is, that's super strong. Oh, this is this is absolutely my favorite one. Um, I was actually trying to sell Shauna on playing this detachment, and I yeah. almost had her on that uh, stratagem right there because the idea of bringing in a Lictor or a Neurolictor from the side that is going to start trying to snipe out characters and everybody wants to shoot it, and you go, no, sorry, I'm a lone operative, and so you have to be within six to target me. He, you're just, he's just going to stand there and wave at you for the entire turn, and you can't do jack about it. Um, have yeah. a nice day. You know, nice. I just brought yeah. him. I just brought him in um, with rapid ingress, and he's just going to sit there on your sideline, and you can't target him because you're not within six. Have a nice day. Yep, That's, lovely. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the mission play one, as you alluded to, great mission play from this detachment. Um, end your opponent's fight phase. You can put two Vanguard infantry, sorry, Vanguard invader units, or one Tyranid's infantry unit uh, into strategic reserves, ready for your next turn. Um, but those units do have to be more than three from enemy units. So you can keep recycling units into reserve back onto the table. Yeah, which anybody who's played into some Space Marines or a few other factions know that this is very strong. 
permission play. Oh, I suddenly need to get behind enemy lines next turn, you know, or I know that I need to score, you know, the the corners one, whatever, deploy teleport homers. Yeah. So, all right. That is it for Vanguard Onslaught. We got one more detachment to talk about here. And this is this is an interesting one. Mm. I, I need your I need your take on this one, Mike. Synaptic okay. Nexus is the last is the name of the last detachment. Yes. I actually think this one is incredibly powerful. Okay. That's my hot take. All right. Okay. Uh, we have Synaptic Imperative. This is very similar to the ninth edition. Uh, version in in many ways and it's also very similar to how space marines function at the moment with combat doctrines so start the battle round you pick one of these imperatives uh, it's active for your army uh, while a tyranny's unit's within synapse range of your army it gets the benefit of that uh, imperative you can only use each imperative once per battle there's three uh, one of them is a five up invul another one is plus one to advance the charge rolls and another one is plus one to hit in melee okay so you could have a 5 plus invon on all of your termagants. That's pretty good. That's pretty uh, good. Your warriors, you know, back in the day, I'm sure we remember warrior spam being a thing with 5 up invons. You can still do that here. <sighs> uh, it is once per battle, <laughs> but there is a stratagem jumping ahead a little that does let you apply it in the command phase instead of whatever's currently active. It's good. Okay. Yeah. It, the the it's. It has the flexibility. It has some nice flexibility there, so you can yeah. kind of, depending on what you need that turn, if you're if you're aware of what your battle plan is and you and you can see when you can flip which switch, that can be very strong because of the flexibility to it. Yeah. Uh, what about the enhancements? Okay, so there's one enhancement I like in particular. Uh, this is synapse model only. Enemy units that arrive on the battlefield from reserves can't be set up within 12 inches of the bearer. Okay, cool. In addition, once per battle, during the first or second battle round, when your opponent declares that a unit will arrive from strategic reserves, you can use the enhancement. If you do, on a 4+, plus, that enemy unit cannot arrive this turn. Wow. I mean, it's good for the, the deep strike denial anyway, because Tyranids yeah. don't really have one. And then it's on a 30-point enhancement. Yeah, I just looked it up. It's a 30-point enhancement, but um, especially if GSC remain a problem and you don't want to get you know, hit with a whole bunch of demolition charges. Mm. In your in your in your backfield, that might be worth the thirty point investment. Yeah, and then and that's and that's before the idea of ha four up. You're just not even going to come in this turn. Never mind. Yeah, I mean that alone is going to stop people considering to relying on deep strikes, right? Yeah, um, we've then. God, got... How annoying would that be? How annoying would that be <laughs> if you're trying to bring something in on turn three and you roll the dice and they can't bring it in and it's just destroyed? So. Um, I forgot to say, but you only use this in the first or second battle round. So you can't like oh, 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 automatically okay. block somebody from bringing a unit in. However, if someone wanted to use rapid ingress, they would have to declare rapid ingress and then you could apply this. So on a four up, you could waste their CP potentially. Um, okay. And they All wouldn't right. be able to arrive. So that could be quite a troll move. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The auto include here, I think, is synaptic control. Uh, basically, minus one damage. Uh, to incoming attacks uh, against the bearer. Great. Great on your hive tyrant. Keeps you alive. Okay. Cool. And strats, these are all 1CP strats, so this is going to be, uh, you know, you, you won't have to worry about pulling off any of your strats. Uh, during the game, you should have enough CP, at least five of them. More if you, you know, play yeah. with the Swarm Lord. Three battle um, tactics. Three battle tactics, so three of them that you can potentially play for free, depending on how you build your list. 
Uh, you want to do the first one, synaptic channeling? Uh, yeah, this one's okay. So command phase, um, while if, you basically extend your synapse range to nine inches. Uh, it's okay. Let's be honest, you're probably not using it because some of the other ones are much better. Okay. Um, but if you want to do it for free, you can. Yep. Um, uh, irresistible will uh, play it in your shooting phase or the fight phase on one synapse unit from your army that has not been selected to shoot or fight this phase and one enemy unit within 24 inches of and visible to that synapse unit. Until the end of the phase, each time a friendly Tyranids model makes an attack that targets that enemy unit, if the attacking model's unit is within six inches of your synapse unit, roll a hit, re-roll hit rolls of one and re-roll wound rolls of one. So, all right. That, that's so, super strong. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, you're, if your synapse unit is centrally placed, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. If you've you got a Maliceptor, then he's already just giving that to himself. Uh, and then if you've got other units around it, you, you just pick an enemy unit and then you've got a bubble of real ones to hit and wound against it. It's like a oath of moment light for a CP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the last one, uh, reinforced hive node. You want to take that one? Uh, yeah, absolutely. This is basically armor of contempt for space Marines. Um, so shooting a fight phase, one synapse unit. So you have to target a synapse unit. And you're going to re reduce the incoming AP uh, of attacks uh, against that target. Um, Needless to say, this is very strong on any two-up armor save units, especially things like Norns. It becomes a bit bonkers. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Um, and then there's three other strats. We won't go into them unless there's one you think that particularly jumps out. I didn't see anything here that was that exciting. Fall back and do stuff. There's a apply an imperative uh, at will, and there's one to do with um, if you fail a shock, you can do a bunch of mortal wounds to someone. Okay. So they're okay. Um, but yeah. really the, the shining ones are those battle tactics, which is great. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that is it for the detachments. We're going to go over some new, uh, some of the new units and some, maybe a couple of units that are of particular interest. But before we get into all that, uh, let's take a real quick uh, break for our second sponsor of the day, Colorforge. The Competitive 4K podcast is supported by Colorforge. I found Colorforge 18 months ago and I was blown away by the quality of the product. I've always had an incredible finish, not too thick, not too chalky, and have always had the perfect coverage in all kinds of weather conditions. The cans are around 25% larger and cheaper than most other brands on the market. All of the colors are matched to Citadel base color, so it makes that transition from rattle can to paints absolutely seamless. Check out www.thecolorforge.com to pick up your sprays today, along with a whole host of other awesome hobby products. All right, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't forget to sign up for the Competitive Warhammer 40K Community Facebook page. The password for this month is going to be Deathleaper, apropos of today. Uh, again, no spell check required. Um, I look forward to seeing all y'all's comedy rewritings of how you're going to spell the word Deathleaper. Um, so with that, um, let's just go into the, the gorgeous new models, Mike, the Norn mm -hmm. Emissary and the Norn Assimilator. Okay. Um, which it will take whichever one in order that you want to do. All right. Well, let's do the, the Norn Emissary, I think, is first in the Codex. So okay. um, let's go through the stat line. The stat line is the same as the Norn uh, Assimilator. Movement 10, toughness 11, 2 plus save, 16 wounds, leadership 7 plus, OC 5. Okay. okay. The Emissary has a 4 plus invulnerable save. Which the assimilator nice. does not. 
I just noticed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got ranged attacks. We've got a few different options for psychic. Okay, so we've got uh, the psychic tendril. We've got neuroparasite, neuroblast, neurolance. Um, neuroparasite is a precision um, two-shot strength 8 AP2 D3 damage at 18-inch range. Snipes the character out. Quite nice. We've then got a 2d6 blast, strength 6 AP2, uh, one set and infantry, and then we've got a two shot, strength 12, minus 3 D6 damage, uh, melter 2, uh, 18 inch range, anti tank, psychic shot. So that's pretty good, you know, good variation yeah. there. Um, yeah. And it should, be, it should be noted that these are all different versions, just like a sweep and a strike or a crack yeah. missile and a frag missile. They're all the psychic tendril. You get to pick which one, which shot you want to take. So you have access to all three of them. You don't have to like pick one before the when you're list building. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then melee weapons, we've got monstrous scything talons, which is six attacks, twos, strength nine, AP two, flat three damage. Uh, and then we also get four additional attacks um, at strength seven, AP two, two damage. Um, so fair bit of damage to be put out in combat as well. Yeah, however, it's nice. The real money on these guys is their rules. Yeah. Here it comes. Woo! So, singular purpose. Hit it. Singular purpose. Start the first battle round. Select one of the following. Either you can reroll hit rolls and wound rolls against the selected enemy target, which I'll be honest, folks, you probably don't take that one. Uh, the second one, select one objective marker. Till the end of the battle, while this model is within range of that objective marker, you don't even have to control it, although you probably will. Uh, it has the Feel No Pain 5 plus ability and an objective control characteristic of 15. I'm going to stand here, go ahead and try to shift me with my T11, 16 wounds, 2 up, 4 up invuln, and a 5 plus Feel No Pain. Oh, by the way, I have 15 OC, so good luck trying to flip this objective on me. This is, like, I'm surprised the model just wasn't sculpted with two middle fingers. Yeah. Two of his claws just fl- fly in the one one finger salute at the opponent. Like, yeah. I'm just going to stand here. Meh. Yeah, what are you going to do? And if you want to use Mortal Wounds to get around it, it's got Feel No Pain 4 plus against Mortal Wounds as well. Oh, that's right. He has his built-in Feel No Pain 4 plus against Mortal Wounds that he always has under his unnatural resilience rule. So yes. I think he's amazing. And the model's um, gorgeous. It's an incredible unit. Um, yes. It's just an incredible unit, really. Uh, it fits. It can fit into all of the detachments if you want to. It is synapse uh, as well, which is really really handy. Um, so even if you wanted to battle shock it, it's on a three D three D six battle shock. Particularly strong in the synaptic nexus because you can armor of contempt it, um, or sorry, reinforced hive node it to reduce incoming AP. Uh, and yeah, of course, if you've, <laughs> if, if you've got venom throats nearby, it's going to have the benefits of cover as well. Um, so you're essentially be, you have to use AP three weapons to even put this guy on a three up save, um, and then it's got the five up field of pain uh, as well on the objective. Watch out for these. You're going to have to find some way of dealing with them. Yeah, plan. Yeah, yeah. Even even like you will have to hope to for the new devastating wounds rule to trigger for you, and maybe 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 you can bring it down. Yeah. But yeah. And if and if you're feeling you know froggy uh, when you step up to the table with this guy and you just decide you know what I I want to do the other version of singular purpose you can just say hi meet Godzilla and then pick one of your enemy units to go they're Japan 
and he's going to come over and <laughs> stomp all over you, and there's very little you can do about it. <laughs> that that Wraith Knight you've got, yeah, you just change his name to Tokyo right now, and this is Godzilla. It's, it's yeah. coming over, and he's going to stomp on you. So, yeah, this the, the Emissary has a lot of, he has mission play, he has resilience, and he's got a whole lot of damage. And he is not too terribly expensive. Looking at the the Munitorium Field Manual that just came out this week, he's a he's a mere two hundred and ninety points. Unbelievable. So he is, I mean, compared to most other um, large monsters, and he does not have Titanic. He does not have Towering. Just to be clear, it's a big model. I saw one yesterday. Actually, of a friend of mine was building it at my, my FLGS, and he's a little bigger than an armager basically mm-hmm. but he is not you know it's kind of hard to tell in the pictures that you can see online or in the codex he's a he's a little bigger than your average armager but my god it's a cool model so yeah and then we have his um his his not psychic twin brother the norn assimilator yes yeah so this guy um has like toxin injector harpoons come out of its chest uh, so it's got a 12 inch range, two shot, strength 12, AP3, D6 plus one damage weapon. And it's got this cool rule harpooned after the bear was shot, selected enemy monster or vehicle that was hit by one or more of those attacks. Um, and if you select them as a target, as a target of a charge, you get plus two to the charge roll. So you could select them and someone else, and you'd still get plus two to your charge. Uh, Seven inch from deep strike potentially, for, or rather from uh, the board edge potentially. Yep. Pretty good, but also just getting up there in their face and uh, getting plus two to charge is pretty strong. Yep. And his uh, his melee attacks are he has the same number he's they because he gets ten total melee attacks too, but his are a little higher strength. Yeah, yeah. So he's got the toxic injector that he uses in combat as well. Um, and it's extra attacks, four of them, strength 12, AP3, D6 plus one damage. So higher sort of damage output um, uh, from this guy uh, in combat compared to the emissary, um, but doesn't have the four of invun. Uh, in addition, yeah. um, it has the, so instead of the field of pain against mortal wounds, this guy has harpoon barbs, which means that once per turn, when an enemy unit's within engagement range uh, and it tries to fall back, on a two plus, they take D6 mortal wounds. Don't 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 cool. back. Yeah. And he's and he also has that singular purpose rule that with the where you can choose the yes. OC fifteen or the reroll hits and wounds. So yeah. he's a little higher damage, maybe you know, he mission dependent, he might be the kind of person you want to send him into tanks and such. Mm-hmm. But um I'm still leaning towards the Norn emissary I mean, personally, but they're both great. There's not much argument. Uh, between a four pinvan and not a four pinvan, if not, if correct, totally that honest. is yes, that is um, pretty much the selling point for me too. It's yeah. mm, four pinvan, not four pinvan on a thing that is going to just stand on the board and go, please shoot me. So, yeah, and wraith knights are still a thing, and they're now wraith knights will be looking for something like this to try to kill. So, yeah. you very much want the invuln. You're gonna, you know, very much want that. Well, the, the mortal wound save isn't gonna work against devastating wounds, but you got you guys get the idea. So either way, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of these in a list, and you should make sure that you are planning to have an answer if this shows up, because you know we know that Space Ring Codex is the next one coming out, though they haven't said when, where, why, and how. 
So mm-hmm. we just know that they were that was the other one listed announced for coming out in the fall. So at least for the foreseeable future, LGT is a couple of weeks away for all y'all in the UK. So um, this is maybe the only active codex playable at LGT. Yeah, we w- one would assume. So I don't know when's the rules cut off for LGT. Oh, this is. I think this is definitely active for LGT. Yeah. Yeah, but but whenever I mean, unless Space Marines comes out oh. next week, which they haven't announced, uh, it's yeah, not going to be. It, I think it's 10 days, so yeah, definitely. Okay, um, so this yeah. is going to be the only active codex for LGT. So um, you can expect to see some Tyranids probably showing up at LGT. Yeah. And for it, probably a, at least maybe a week or two after that. So, or for all we know, all the way into November. So plan accordingly is what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so um, other units um, have are pretty much, I don't... I haven't had a chance to really do a side-by-side comparison, but we should talk about the Neurolector. Yeah, I was about to say, because that's a, a new model, right? Um, yes. Yeah, Neurolector's a new model. It's a very cool model. Yeah. And um, it's sort of a, it's a spin on the traditional Lictor. Hmm. So, it's, I mean, once again, it. it's, it's blessed with a four-up invun. So, it, it, like all Lictors, it's lone operative, it's infiltrators, it's stealth. Um, the Neurolector doesn't have um, fight first, like the other lictors do. If you charge it, you will be hitting it um, first. And its melee weapons are significantly weaker. Um, so it's only strength 6 AP 2, 1 damage with precision. Uh, however, 4 pin Which is an awful, which is an awful, but no. you're not taking this guy for killing stuff. No, exactly. Um, if it does kill a character, you do get a CP. That's just like a lictor rule, basically. Uh, in your command phase, you can force a battleship test on an enemy unit within 12 inches. Nice. Just uh, you take a battleship test. Have a nice day. Yeah, great. Uh, and in addition, while an enemy unit's uh, within 12 inches of this model, if they're battleshocked, um, then each time they make an attack, they're minus one to their hit rolls. And each time a friendly Tyranids model makes an attack that targets them, you get plus one to wound against them. Um, so just to clarify, that is if your Neurolictors within 12 inches of a Battleshock unit, anything else that's Tyranids shooting that Battleshock unit is plus one to wound. Yeah. So he is, he's a very cool, um, sneaky support piece. He, you're you're going to want to position him to make sure and then try to get, you know, use your Shadow of the Warp or whatever and his Neural Disruption to like Battleshock people around him so that yeah. then the rest of your army can come in. And so he's, he's a really cool, sneaky support piece who can also do not terrible damage in melee, but it's not, you're, he's, he's not going to be doing what your regular lictors are going to be doing in melee combat. So, no, exactly. And he is a mere, I believe, 65 points. Yeah, he is 65 points. So that for is a, a bargain. For a, oh, for a bargain cost of 65 points and all the shenanigans he can pull off, and he's a cool new model, and he has a 4-up invuln. He's T5, 7 wounds, 4-up, four 4-up. Four and he's got, and he's the, he's one of those, like we mentioned earlier, he's got that Vanguard, Vanguard invader keyword. So, mm-hmm. and he's infantry too. So he's got a lot of mission play with the loan op and the stealth. Yeah. And all. He's a cool dude. He's yeah. I mean, even for yeah. 65 points, just he's good for mission play alone. Never mind. Yeah. You know. uh, one, one really important note though, is he doesn't have the synapse keyword. Not the oh, synapse yeah, creature. Um, there can be some confusion if a thing's got a brain at synapse, not always. Neurodictor is not a synapse creature. Yeah, he's got his big glowy brain on top of his head, but he is not synapse. Um, and then the 
I just wanted to make a quick note. I think the Swarm Lord was one of the few units that came up in points um, as a result of uh, CP now being even more of a yeah. uh, limited resource. A few units did go up in points. Um, the Tyran effects went up 40 points, uh, which, which people was, are not, I, not happy about. That's, but it's, Yeah, that's painful. It's, you know, it's, it's still decent. Uh, yeah, still. Then, I mean, you still have that big, uh, whatever Ravager, whatever it is, rupture cannon, rupture cannon. Yeah, that one. Yeah. That yeah. that's still very strength twenty. So, <laughs> you know, it's still there. But yeah. two hundred forty-five points is a little strong. But you know, maybe they'll bring it back down in January. Yeah, so who knows? We'll see. Who knows? But yeah, the, the swarm lord's gone up. Obviously, having a CP each turn to spend on whatever you want is better than doing the zero for um, battle tactics. And of course, right. he does have the. Um, the ability to vect essentially and make your CPs cost more. Yeah. Parasite and Mortrex, just an FYI, I'm just going to throw out some because of the detachments we talked about. Parasite and Mortrex has Vanguard Invader, so he's another unit you can throw out there too. Um, and be, but also remember, he generates Ripper Swarms, so mm -hmm. he's also somebody that would play well into the Assimilation Swarm. Yeah, so absolutely. Parasite has Parasite and Mortrex has some has some decent mission play into two. He plays well into at least two of the uh, detachments now. Uh, yep. Gargoyles, Termagants, Hormagons all have the endless multitude. Those are your only endless multitude units in the game. So if you're going to play a, a yep. unending swarm, there you go. Um, let's see. Um, oh, no, sorry. Neurogaunts also have endless multitude. Yep. and um, But Barbgaunts do not. Barbgaunts do not. So, Barbgaunts do not. Just, that's the other. And then, oh, Gene Stealers and the Broodlord also have Vanguard Invader. FYI. Um, I love the new model for the Biovores and Pyrovores. I just had to say that. It's, it's, I'm just throwing it out there. So I don't know that that's even a hot take. I think it's fairly a cold take. It's just a cool model, and it's way better than the old versions of the Biovores. I agree. A gorilla with a big gun on its back is not exactly an alien. Um, so right. it's nice to see something more akin to the Starship Troopers, gun bugs, and, uh, and all sorts. It is a bit more yep. alien, so I agree. I, I love the new model. Um, yep, and it, cool. it's still good because... You can still spawn spore mines to do objectives, um, unfortunately. But yeah. that's, yeah. you know, but just how the game is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Raveners are, um, I think they're one of the ones that got a, oh no, their points stayed the same and they do yeah. not have any funny keywords. They're just infantry, great devourer, and Raveners. Yep. So they can go off the board and come back on though. Yep. They're still good for mission play. They're still, they're still Raveners, but they are not anything that is going to be setting the world on fire with any of the new detachments in particular. Like, um, rippers. We need to talk about rippers because oh, okay. with the codex, yeah, you can now take rippers in units of one for 20 points. Which is okay. crazy because... It is kind of crazy. They can just do your cards. They, you, for harvesters, you can just throw one ripper swarm to the dogs and then get plus one wound against whatever kills it. Um, yeah, it's so cheap to just have a single unit. Uh, so, um, yeah. Get some rippers in there. I mean, you probably have some lying around anyway. They're in every kit, pretty much. Oh yeah, every if you if you own termagants or hormagants, you've got a ripper swarm. Um, the uh, a lot of the other stuff, you know, most other stuff didn't really change unless you know, except for points changed. But um, I'll let you guys look most of those up. But no other real new. There weren't any major rules changes for a lot of these other units. No. Um, so I think that about covers it. Still don't like the Screamer Killer model, but... Keep nope, neither so. do I. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, that's... Uh, oh, uh, Von Ryan's Leapers, yes, also have the Vanguard Invader keyword, 
So they are something else that is going to be um, playable into that Vanguard um, Look, onslaught telling, detachment. Telling you now, you could expect someone to run 18 Von Ryans and a bunch of Lictors, Neurolictors, and Death Leaper and be in your face turn one. So if you don't already in your list have a unit that infiltrates, strongly recommend trying to squeeze one in just to stop them from uh, rushing your turn one. You heard it here first, guys. Be be prepared. There's, yeah, Von Ryan Leapers, not the strongest unit, but they're fast. Mm-hmm. And they do infiltrate, and they do have fight first, and they do have stealth, and they will be up in your grill real yeah. fast. And they can still heroically intervene for free. So. And they are a mere 75 points for three, 150 points for six. So you're looking at 450 points for 18 of them. And they're all Vanguard Invader, and they're all going to be deep striking and getting up in your face real fast. So plan accordingly. All right. That is about it for that. We are not going to discuss the Crusade rules. Oh, just so uh, people who haven't picked up the Codex yet, I know there was a lot of complaint in the last edition that you would like have your army rules and your strats and your psychic powers and your world traits and your relics. Then you'd have the crusade rules and then you'd have your data sheets. They flipped it around now. So there's a combat patrol section at the start and like, you know, after the fluff and lore stuff at the beginning of the first half of the codex, then you get your combat patrol stuff. Mm -hmm. And then you go into the rest of the um, competitive play data sheets and all that stuff. And at the very back is the crusade rules. So those will not get in your way of, um, you know, locating your, um, locating what you're looking for. Still tab your book. Just make your life easier if you're gonna. If you're not bringing uh, the index cards to play, but yeah, you know, either get either buy the cards or tab your book. It's good. So it's gonna make your life easier. All right. So, Mike, thoughts? What is the strongest of the six detachments in your opinion? The strongest of the six detachments. Well, um, the synaptic nexus. I think just leans into probably some of the more uh, abusable data sheets in the book, like the Norns. Uh, so I would expect at the tournament scene, you would could expect to see that in a very strong build. Uh, I think the Unending Swarm as well will be popular with hundreds of Termagants because of their ability to move in multiple phases, like if you move close to them, uh, and in addition, if you shoot them as well. Uh, so those two, I think, are the most competitive um, Tyranid uh, detachments but the vanguard you'll definitely see not only because it's awesome but also gives you that ability to strike really early on uh, and the mission play Uh, so those three i think are probably the ones we'll see the most uh competitively um but i think in the future the assimilation swarm will start to crop up i might switch from my traditional hydra swarm build just to play assimilation swarm because it seems like so much fun yeah, I think it's it requires you definitely requires the simulation swarm requires you to lean into some of the you, I think you need a couple of psychophages in there just because you don't have enough harvester units without them. But yeah, potentially a, a, a triple Hera specs, you know, a build with also a couple of you know three or four ripper swarms. Ripper swarms are not battle line, are they? No, they're not. No. Okay, so um, you're only you're only limited you're limited to, to three ripper swarms. Yeah, less anything created yeah. by the parasite. Um, but so you're going to need a couple of psychophages in there too, which, oh, why wouldn't you? It's a cool model anyway. Um, but somebody playing that carefully, I think, yeah, somebody, somebody big brain is going to come along. You mm-hmm. or some of the other top tier players in the world are going to start playing a similar order number and it's going to go, huh? And then you're going to win a GT with it or a major and everyone's going to go, 
huh? And heads will be scratched all across the, the, the blue marble that we're soaring through space on. So, <laughs> all right. Um, and then, so, and you agree that the Northern Emissary and Northern Assimilator, they fit in pretty much any list. Pretty much strongest in the Synaptic Nexus, obviously. Um, but yeah, you can put them in any list, even the Swarms one, if you really want to. Um, the Swarms one is probably the list that you don't need them the most. In. That makes sense. That's the one yeah. detachment where you're like, absolutely fine not taking one. Um, but, you know, being able to heal them with the assimilation, um, you know, backing them up, having the OC that maybe your Vanguard detachment doesn't have by taking one, pretty good. Um, yeah, they, they definitely work in everything very strong in the invasion fleet, um, which yeah. actually, to be honest, is, is still one of the most competitive choices of the six. Uh, the invasion fleet is still very, very strong. Um, yeah. And obviously the Crusher yeah. Stampede, the Norn Emissary and Norm Assimilator do just fine in the, because with their 16 wounds, you just yeah. tip a couple off and, all right, now I got a plus one to hit. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Um, any other thoughts before we close this one out? Uh, no, but, uh, well, yes, I guess uh, there's no point saying, but there, right. Um, so yes, um, for <laughs> all of you players that, um, don't play Tyranids, be aware that Tyranids offer a huge range of targets for your army to have to deal with. Um, it's the only army that can mix in hordes of toughness, three bodies right alongside, uh, toughness, 11 multi-wound monsters. Um, so when you're building a list now, you do really need to focus on being versatile with your firepower or your damage output in melee, um, because you're going to need to be able to tackle at any one time, either 20 termagants or whatever, or potentially a non-emissary, um, or something like a maliceptor, etc. So it is going to shape how you build your army, because there's going to be a lot of tyranids coming out of the walls, um, you know, pun intended. Um, yep. I would also say though, um, we do have a masterclass on the way uh, for Tyranids, and there is one for every codex um, that will drop. So this is basically a short course where we're going to go through every single detachment in this book, how to play it, how to play against it, how it looks on the table, mission play, key units, priority targets, gotchas, all of that golden uh, stuff that you might need in case you want to come to the table and Tyranids turn up and you will know what you're doing um, before uh, leading to something, you know, like a frustrating moment in the game, etc. cetera. Um, so definitely have a look at that. That is dropping soon. Um, you'll see us mention it in a lot of our YouTube videos um, about Tyranids, um, but that is that absolute gold and super cheap as well uh, at the moment. So uh, definitely check that out. Cool. Very cool. I know my wife will be sitting down to watch that because she, we, we built her uh, first draft of her uh, unending swarm list last night. Yes, right. she has a Norn emissary in it, and yes, she, I have, she already owns thirty termagants and twenty gargoyles, and we've got ten hormigons still to put together. I'm not looking forward to playing that list. <sighs> okay. Uh, oh, before we get out of here, um, I cannot forget. We're gonna do a real quick stop for our third sponsor of the day, Siege Studios. And now for a word from our sponsor, Sea Studios. They are the experts in providing professional miniature painting services, ensuring your armies always look their best on the battlefield. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or just starting out, Sea Studios can help bring your miniatures to life. Don't miss out on their quality craftsmanship. 
All right. That is it for the day. I think we've uh, hit you, hit the high points of the Codex Tyrannus for you guys. I got to say, I it, this is a very cool book. I, I, I had a ton of fun last night just flipping through it, reading about the new units and reading the detachments and trying to digest what all is in there. Um, I am optimistic, especially with the balanced data slate having yeah. come out this week. I'm very optimistic about 10th edition. I know everybody was kind of spent most of August in the 40K doldrums of this sucks. Eldari's lame. There's no hope. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not just talking about the people in the Death Guard subreddits. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we see y'all out there. Um, don't think we're not reading your your nonsense. So, uh, but the the reality is, is that I think 10th is in a good place. And the fact that we, this is the first edition also where this 10th edition is the first time that we're starting with balanced data slates right from the go. Yes. For those of you that are old enough to remember ninth edition from the beginning, we didn't get data slates until we were like a year in Mm -hmm. so, or more. So we're going to have data slates, you know, you can already set your clock. We should be getting one probably in January, right before LVO. So, um, you know, keep, keep hope alive, keep your chin up and, uh, you know, maybe check out some Tyranids, check out some bugs and, uh, or at least yeah. do get the codex, do some reading online, um, watch the masterclass. If you're just planning on playing into them so that you are prepared, if you go to a tournament and suddenly go, wait, you're playing the assimilation swarm. What's that one do again? Oh, you're going to be healing yeah. everything around you. God have mercy. So, oh. you know, target, tar- as Mike mentioned earlier, target priority is going to be huge playing into Tyranids. You need to know what's targeted depending on what detachment they're playing. So. Yeah, I for one cannot wait for the rest of the codexes to drop for this edition because this one, the six detachments, they're all unique. They're all very cool and focus on a different style of play in the army. I can't wait to see what Games Workshop has in store with, for us with some of the other uh, codexes out there. Oh, agreed. Totally agreed. Uh, um, uh, of these six detachments, I think they're all playable. I think Crusher Stampede is the weakest of the six, but it still doesn't mean that there's not a build there that somebody who's a faction specialist or somebody who loves their Tyranids can't find a way to make work. So I think they're all playable. They're all viable and they all have, they're all fluffy in different ways and they all have, you know, they will be fun to play into. So without, there's not a ton of gotcha moments, you know, Mike and I tried to call it the couple that we saw. Um, there's going to be, there, there could potentially be a couple more gotchas, but if you do your homework, you will be less gotcha and just make sure that you have your, um, your question's ready to go when you walk up to the table for, for your tournament games. So, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for giving us your time and your attention. Uh, next episode, I'm going to try to get the Necrons Index done. Uh, and then I've got something else in the works. Uh, i got to s- schedule some time. i got a, a little bit of a sort of a panel, quasi-panel discussion setting up. Um, we're going to try to do an episode to talk about, to talk with the women of Warhammer and talk about I want to get some input from from the ladies. I've talked to Tanya Gates. I've talked to a couple other people who are um, women who are very familiar with the hobby. And I want to know how they um, how they get on and, and play in the game and, and things like that. So awesome. that is something else to, to to that's going to be coming up. I got I've been working on that for a while. So it's just scheduling is a pain in the butt. So that's coming too. So until all of that happens, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dave Colmel from Michael Costello saying, "Would you like to know more?" Have a great week. Take care.